What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five yes. of the Day One Perspective. Uh, we are back at my house, hanging out. We actually uh, just recorded the last podcast, just as a little update for you, and we're here going back at it right into episode five for some more material for you guys and uh we're pretty pumped to talk about this one because it's something that we could definitely relate to pretty much anyone can relate to to um so this one should be a really good one the topic of today's podcast is how to respond to failure yes and uh this is something that i you know again anybody has worked through but i can definitely remember some moments in my life that i had to work through from a failure perspective um but i really owe all of those failures to shaping me into the person I am today. Yeah, people people shouldn't be afraid of that word, failure. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, agree. That's that's where the growth comes from. It's things are easy. You can have some growth when you're constantly doing well, but not near the growth you're going to experience when you fail and have to make some adjustments. Yeah, and come back. I think uh, I've gotten into this weird perspective of enjoying failure yeah because it's raw and it's kind of like it's straight up oh like you literally weren't good enough at this or that right which is cool because it pumps me up it's like all right now i got something to work on now i can move forward now i know what my weak links are now what i I know i can focus in on this to come back and be successful at it yeah it's the truth there's no there's no lying when you fail yeah i mean you misstepped somewhere mm-hmm. you took a wrong turn or you were not prepared and it it exposes you and that's uncomfortable but i mean it's the truth everyone loves to hear the truth but yeah and i i've been i mean from playing sports to career changes to academics like i have experienced failure everywhere oh yeah um but again i think that just develops you into the person that stands in front of you or when you look at yourself in the mirror you know today so Using failure as not a way to downgrade yourself, but use failure as a tool to upgrade yourself. Use it as a way to make yourself a better version of you. Yeah. And uh, I can look back, you know, if you want to use sports as an example, uh, I definitely remember lots and lots of failure going through my paintball career leading all the way up uh, to when I played professionally. And man, I really think that's, I think that's like the path to success really is just failing over and over and over, but learning from those failures to bring you to where you're at today. Yeah. I mean, and we can all tell those people that haven't, you know, everyone wants to talk about, well, they're not successful that's not even what stands out to me is they've never put themselves in a position to fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, the absence of failing doesn't mean success yeah. by any means. It, the absence of trying or pushing yourself to the point of failure, mm-hmm. that's, that's where you're not seeing success. And there's different levels to failure and to success. I mm-hmm. mean, just because you, you look in the mirror and you feel successful, one of the questions you need to ask yourself, and it's painful to do so because usually the answer is not what we want to hear, is have I done absolutely everything I can and have I pushed myself as hard as I could to mm-hmm. be in the best spot I could be at? And most of the time the answer is no because we all, we all kick it out of gear a couple times yeah. and, and put it into neutral and just relax from time to time. And that's human nature. But the key is to get back into drive and, and, and push the envelope. So you do get to the failure 
and have to go back, take inventory, and and design a map to success. Yeah. The, the only time I deem something uh, as a failure or if someone is, quote, unquote, being a failure is when they stop trying. Yep. Yeah. If you fail and then you figure out, okay, this is why I failed, and now I'm going to start working on that weakness to come back and at least try again, maybe not be successful, but try again, that's good. If you, it's the time where you get punched in the face with failure, and you're like, "Well, okay, I'm done. I suck." Fight's like, over. Yeah, like yeah. it's just. It's and, done. and that's the that's the only true failure is when you quit mm-hmm. because the fight's over. As long as you're continuing to to take a step ahead, I don't care if you're taking two steps back or you feel like you're taking two steps back, one step forward. Yeah, you're still stepping forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, momen- momentum will come. Yeah, and you will start taking three, four, five, six steps before you take a step back. Yeah. And just recognizing those step backs are their quote unquote failures. They're mm-hmm. going to come and it's a good thing. Yeah. And the thing with failures is that it makes the success part of the story a hundred times better. Right. Um, I remember, you know, certain things, let's go back to paintballs we were talking about. I remember when I got that pro spot on the team. Yeah. It was this year's worth a year's worth of flood, like emotions all at one time that like came over me in a split second because as soon as I got called to be on the professional team, my instant, my first thought was I made it. I'm a professional paintball player now because that journey didn't even start yet. Yeah. My first thing was as soon as they called me, I was first picked to be on the pro team was I remembered all those failures. And that was like the biggest rush of emotions like i specifically remember like no money this or failing at this team or losing this tournament or not making the team for this to get to the next level before being pro like i all those different things just like came at me in like an instant instant flash and it was like it made the success part like so much more better and crazier so i mean the failures are just part of the story man and i think that again is just a huge piece of just being you it is and i'll try not to get too personal but to give like perspective on my end, you know, when I was promoted to sergeant, it was, uh, and it wasn't even necessarily just for me. It was, so I had my, my mom there, you know, being adopted by my grandparents. It's, that's my mom for all intents and purposes. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> so our family, and when I say our family, I don't mean the bigger, just, you know, my mom and her daughter. It's a few people. Yeah. My brother who, you know, whatever. But she herself has seen failure after failure, death after death. You know, it's it's just been one of those things where her daughter didn't make the best choices. Um, my brother hasn't made the best choices. And from her perspective, she has to feel to some degree, in my mind, that she failed. Mm-hmm. And for her to go up there at town hall and get to pin her son and see to her succeed yeah. what she probably felt was the ultimate success. Cause not, I mean, first off getting a job is always a parent's like, yes, my kid has a job. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're set. Yes. They're yeah. not living in my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, to not only get a job, but to be successful at it, I think was just, I had a hard time not crying up there mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of everybody. And it had nothing to do with, those freaking stripes. Like I, God, I hope my employer, (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't care about those stripes right? when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, those stripes are a symbol for our agency. It's a symbol for any agency. It's a symbol of, of your success and your knowledge and, and, and your maturity and, and the whole system. And, and I appreciate all that, and I, that does matter to me. But when it comes to that moment, when I had repeated after the mayor, redone my swearing in and my oath, mm-hmm. The pinning of me at that point, all I cared about was her mm-hmm. and what she was experiencing to feel success. Yeah. So kind of like what you were talking about, the failure part, mm-hmm. all the life failures, all the things that her and I had been through, the things I had been through, the things that I know she went through. Yeah. Um, even if they weren't quote unquote failures, just struggle. Yeah. Oh my God, it made it so sweet. And, yeah. you know, a little secret she has no idea still today that I've been promoted again. Oh, so I'm, I'm, that's crazy. I'm waiting. Oh, I thought this was like the whole lieutenant process. No, that was the sergeant. Oh, oh so, oh, oh. so unfortunately, with the whole shutdown of everything going on, still with the coronavirus, I'm still waiting. Um, I I'm like everybody else. I don't want to get up in front of everybody and and have to speak and and re you know swear to my oath. I don't mind doing that, but I just don't. No one wants to get up in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. But I can't wait for her to experience that success again mm-hmm. because it's an example to her that obviously I did something right. So, yeah. like you were saying, yeah, man, it's when when it finally gets there or you finally accomplish something, mm-hmm. all those failures, all that struggle, it just makes it that much better. Because otherwise, I would just go up there and be like, yeah, yeah, I did it. So what? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's not that way. It's so much more. It's so much more than even the job when it comes to to that for me. So, what is what are some of the things that you do to prevent? Obviously, it's not one hundred percent sure, but what are some of the things that you do to prevent failure or prepare yourself to go into a situation to be the most successful at that time? Um, preparation is key. Um, if you're not preparing or you're not trying to think of every avenue that you can to 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 succeed, mm-hmm. then obviously you're you're asking for mm-hmm. failure. Yeah. And asking for failure is not a path to success. Right. Uh, don't come confuse the two. Um, failure is good, but only if there's a plan attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always try to I always try to have a plan or have, try to consider as many perspectives and and uh, avenues to success as I can. Yeah. Uh, one of those things that's very important is I do not pigeonhole myself in anything, you know, to make light of a situation. Most cops, and I can say this, and I know I'm probably going to catch some heat for this, but a lot of cops are just cops. I'm just a cop. I know how to run a radar, and I know how to to take a report. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what are you doing outside of that? You're more than a cop. You're yeah. more than a trainer. Yeah. How how hard would it be to, on the surface area, how hard would it be to teach somebody brand new how, I'm going to teach you how to show people how to bench and squat. And that was it. Not hard. Yeah. But you're you're so much more than that. Right. Yeah. Now. Because that's the thing. It's, it's like when it comes to coaching, specifically to that question that you were talking about, anybody can look up on the internet yes. how to bench press, how to squat, how to hinge, like do those things. But it's the experience, it's the cueing, it's it's the deep dive teaching and the knowledge 
um, that you give somebody that makes the the biggest difference. So it's again instead of just being surface level of like squatting, push through your heels, stay a little taller. Like yeah. instead of that, it's just like really creating an experience and really deep diving, manipulating positions and different things like that. And there's a lot more that goes. And, into and, it, you know? and what happens to that trainer when there's a little bit of adversity and all they know how to do is tell you to. You know, press. Oh, dude, push. They, they fold like a they cheap fold. chair. Yeah, and, yeah. and the same thing with with law enforcement. There's the same thing with anything in life. If all I know how to do is write a ticket at work, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. It may not be yet, but you're going to find yourself in a position that causes you to dig a little deeper, and yeah. you're in a a situation that is of a perspective that you had not mm-hmm. fathomed yet, and you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of that and making poor decisions and being a failure. And I know we're using work as kind of our, our canvas for what we're talking about, but even in personal life, if, if you haven't considered such as what's going on right now, you're probably feeling a little afraid Mm -hmm. because you, you hadn't even fathomed. Oh, how could this happen? Those are the people that are most dangerous right now is they, I can't believe this is happening. Why not? What are you talking about? History has been this times a million. It's Mm -hmm. been worse. So you're asking for failure because you didn't even fathom that, hey, there may be a time where I might not be able to go to my favorite bar. Yeah. Like, come on. So it's just one of those things that the biggest thing to answer your question, and and I know I already said it, but you got to have a plan and you have to, to sit back, take inventory, and try to think of everything that you can do to prepare yourself for scenarios that you can think of in life, mm-hmm. some challenges that you may come across from a personal and professional development, and and do everything you can to put some action to your plan so that when the failure does come, you say, okay, yeah, I saw this might come. I could see where I need some improvement here. Here's what I'm going to do. Boom, move. All right, what's the next potential failure point yeah. for me? Yeah, I got a funny story. So something that's always been deemed a struggle or failure in my life all the way, like this is like from an academic view of things, is mathematics. Horrendous <laughs> at math. Dude, like horrendous is not even the surface level of how bad I am at math. If you like right now put like a multiplication worksheet for like a sixth grader in here, I'd be struggling. So like in here, how right? many fingers am I holding? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so and bad. And if I take one away? Yeah. <laughs> so I am so bad at math. So the funny thing is, is like, I mean, even in college, like just total transparency, like even college algebra when I was at East Carolina University, I had to go to the Sylvan Center to like help with math. Like I was in there with like a bunch of little kids with like little kid chairs and like stuffed animals going around. And I'm a college student. Like I was so bad at math. I just needed help. And it was so funny because when I went to the tutor and he was like, all right, let me kind of see what your baseline's at. He gave me some like basic stuff and I did so poorly. He just goes, man, you, uh. You you are really bad at math. I was like, I know. And you're like, well, you're a really bad teacher because you're you're well, belittling my special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I uh, fast forward. You know, I I'm I'm in uh, going back to school and I'm back in school for exercise science. And uh, after I get into the career field, I had my personal training certification, but I really wanted to hold myself to a higher standard right. and get my uh, CSCS certification, which is through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Uh, that title is a, a Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. Right. It's a very challenging exam. It's a very deep dive uh, into just different situations with how to work with different athletes and stuff like that. But one of the biggest things that literally scared me to death and which made me only think about failure was there was a lot of math. And I was like, I can't 
one, believe there's math. <laughs> and two, I was like, there's no way I'm going to let this math come back and haunt me and make me fail this exam. That's so important to me. Right. And uh, so I studied my face off. Now, the biggest thing was now that I'm out of school, calculators, baby. Like I can, I don't have to worry about math. I can add by 45s, 35s, 25s in the gym. No problem. You should be able to add by 45. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No I could do that. No problem. But so with, for the CSCS exam, though, it is a computer-based exam. You have to go to a testing center, but they don't allow calculators. They don't allow anything. You have to do everything on a piece of paper longhand. Right. Terrified. Dude, I was like, I'm failing. I'm not going to get it. This is, that, that was almost the mindset I had. So I can't tell you how much math I studied. Now, I'm very grateful that my wife is a genius in mathematics she is like you give her like this really complex problem with like shapes and numbers and letters and crap and parentheses boom she can like tell you like right off the top of her head so she helped me study taught me how to do long division again all this stuff and i just put in the work like crazy as much as i hated it but when i went into that exam i had math problems and i knew how to do it and i overcame that <laughs> failure and i ended up passing my exam the first time right. and kind of capitalizing on not letting that failure come back and haunt me so i think it's just again learning from those previous experiences and how hard it made things and just what you can do to make yourself a better version of you i was like you know what i'm not going to get good at math but i'm going to get better than what i am right. and that made me be successful moving forward well, you did the very thing we were talking about you you recognize a potential failure in the future and you developed a plan of action. Yeah. And you went and handled business. Yes. So you recognized a potential failure on the horizon. Yeah. So I pray to God I don't have to do any more math <laughs> anymore moving forward. I, after I finished that, I was like, I'm never getting certified in anything. I can tell you it's a skill that you will lose because I took calculus in high school. Mm -hmm. If you put <laughs> some division and stuff in front of me right now, I'd have to be like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Let yeah. Me, let me go back. It's, so it's, it's definitely not a skill that you uh, hold on to. I'm it, sure there's plenty yeah. of people going, Oh yeah. wow, I thought these guys were educated. Let me go ahead and move to the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, and next. Yeah, yeah, I'm not here to learn elementary math. So one of the things that I do to, uh, I guess this kind of tails right off the story I just told, to quote unquote try and prevent failure the best as possible is – and I think you know this about me, my one quote in my head that I don't know where I got it from, but essentially the one thing I always say to myself, no matter what I'm doing is you will not outwork me. I don't know who that you is, yeah. but just whoever else is in the situation. I always give myself somebody to work against, even if it's like imaginary, but yeah. like I will not get outworked. I'm either, I may not be as good, may not be as fast, as strong, as intelligent, whatever it is. But I'm going to put in so much more work and so much more time than you that I'm going to come out on top regardless right. of the situation. And I think that has really uh, made me flourish in anything I did when it was playing professional paintball. Dude, I was not the fastest right. player out there. I was not the best player. But I put in so many hours of work that my skills improved exponentially that I became like a dominant force on the field. Uh, I put that into when I went back to school, like late hours working and then studying and all of that. And then now moving forward into, you know, what I'm doing now, um, as an instructor for the PPSC, like I'm going to study and people can joke and, and laugh about how much, you know, like, dude, all you do is study. Like, it's not that serious. It is to me. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because when I come out and I present and I deliver material, I want it to blow the doors off the, the building, right? Like, I, I want to be the very best, and I'm going to, no one's going to outwork me 
in the sense of doing the best that I can. Yeah. And for me, in my mind, it's always been one of my biggest fears is disappointing myself. Um, I just, if I go up to the proverbial podium and bomb it, I'm not so worried about at all what Joe on the sideline has to say. So Teddy Roosevelt had a speech uh, regarding, and I'm hoping I'm not screwing this up, but uh, no the man in the arena, that is huge to me. Um, have you ever read it or no, heard I it? I haven't. Yeah. Well, when this podcast is over, you're going to, because <laughs> you, you, you will appreciate it. But the gist of it is, is that it's not the critic who counts. It's the man in the arena. Mm-hmm. And for most people, they're going to take that as, yeah, you sitting on the sideline, you shouldn't be able to say nothing about me. I don't take it that way. The way I take that is, and, and to some extent, I know that's what was to some degree meant by it, but I'm not worried about what Joe on the sideline has to say about my failure. What I'm worried about is what I had to say about mm-hmm. my failure. Mm-hmm. I'm in that arena. I'm what counts. If I set my bar and my standard higher than everyone else's, mm-hmm then I can judge myself more accurately. Like you're talking about, if everyone's like, man, you're studying too much, it's not that serious. Let's say you take their advice and you fail. You know what you're now a a slave to? Their judgment because you performed and you prepared at that level. Yeah. If you perform at a level higher, if you set the bar higher, then you can respond to any failure that you may have mm-hmm. more accurately because it's coming from yourself. Right. Um, if you set that bar real high and let's say, which I don't think is going to happen, let's say you fail, then you can go back and re-examine what you did or didn't do. Yeah, where are my weak areas? Where Where are my weak areas? If you don't do that, mm-hmm. you won't know where to begin. Yeah. You'll just be telling yourself, well, I got to try harder. And that's not just saying no I got to try There's no context. Yeah. And it's not a, that's not a good plan to, mm-hmm. to success so yeah i think uh using the arena uh, analogy is i heard somewhere you may be booing me from the stands from my lack of skill or maybe my lackluster performance during this event but you're still the one in the stands i'm on the field right you know what i mean so it's kind of looking at it from that perspective as well as you know i'm out here doing my thing and people don't understand like he, even though we're really good friends i don't have full context on how your day is going or like no one has full context on anybody to really give them judgment. Like who am I to judge anybody else, regardless of whatever the situation is? I don't know their background. I don't know how they're feeling emotionally, physically, mentally, like anything. Right. So there's no room to judge somebody or boo, or boo somebody or anything like that. Um, especially when, if, if they're experiencing a failure, or even success for that matter. The so. only place that I will cast any judgment if you want to use that terminology, is the lack of attempting to prepare. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're not, if you're in my circle or you are a part of something that could affect me or you're part of something that we're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. your failure to prepare, that's, that's, that's what you judge on. I can't fault somebody that does everything they can and they just come up short. There's nothing wrong with that. But the the guy or gal that just was like, eh, whatever. Not trying. Not trying. And failing. And I, the, that I don't have any room for. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's huge in my career is like yes. being a coach for somebody. And they're like, man, I, I'm doing every workout you're giving me 
outside of working with you, I'm eating perfectly and it might be, uh, I'm not losing weight. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there is no way. I'm just like, if you're putting in the work and doing everything I'm telling you, then there's no way yeah, the that numbers, you're not making some yeah. sort of positive changes. It just doesn't, doesn't work that way. Um, and that's just kind of, again, holding somebody accountable and looking at how they're preparing, what they're doing outside of it. Um, and again, I may not have full context, but it's just, you got to look back at how you're preparing and like what you're doing. Yeah. You got to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's crucial. What, uh, what are some of the things that you look at in, in failure? Like, are you, uh, is there anything that really makes you mad when it comes to failure or is it just like, Nope, I learned this and now I'm going to try again. Well, I've, one of the places I've really improved from being a 20 year old young man was just in that, in this 10 year span is, I don't like to focus on one thing too long, mm-hmm. um, and that includes failure. Again, what would make what would really set me off would be the lack of being prepared or having a plan. Um, for instance, like the lieutenant process. If I had not been promoted, failure is that the term you want to use or I want to use? I'm not sure, but we'll call it a failure because what I wanted to accomplish, I didn't. Right. I wouldn't be mad at myself at this position because I know what I did to prepare for that. Not what most people would think. I didn't sit there and crack a book open and try to study, you know, what does this general statute say or, or, you know, what does this policy say verbatim? That wasn't what I was concerned with. What I was concerned with was continuing my personal development, continuing to build a greater grasp and perspective of life as a whole as to my self-improvement. Being actionable. Being actionable and, and, and taking the, every opportunity I had leading up to it mm-hmm. to just continue to chip away at this marble stone that I view myself as to, <laughs> to try to continue to get to that perfect Greek physique yeah. mentally, physically, yeah. uh, spiritually, all that stuff. Um, so had I not passed or hadn't met the mustard, so to speak, I... Psh, Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I would have looked at it as, all right, you need to go back to the drawing board. First thing I would have done was ask the, the people that make that decision, what can I improve on? Mm-hmm. Where did I come up short? If I don't already recognize it, because I, even even though I was promoted, oh, I recognize some areas that I can improve in. Before, before ever sitting down and going over any kind of results, I already knew. It was actually kind of telling, too, because... You know, I was asked, you know, what what do you feel you did really well on? And I I had a good feeling, and I had a good feeling of where I kind of, you know, I could do better, or mm-hmm. I didn't have quite the grasp of, of how this was going to work. And going back and looking at the results, I was 100%. I was actually blown away by how right I was. Because <laughs> I was surprisingly absolutely blew out the water in one area that I my strength was just through the roof mm-hmm. and in the other area I didn't bomb it, but I was correct in thinking that, okay, over here, I know I'm going to be very strong and over here I'm going to be weak. And that only comes from being prepared mm-hmm. and knowing yourself. Right. Um, so I take that, even though I was successful in that and consider that, I won't call it a failure, but I consider that, okay, I can see where I can improve here Yeah. and I'm going to attack it. 
I think you uh, you do the same thing I do or have the same mindset I do. Maybe I say it that way. As I think you judge certain things as a failure or something that you didn't do good on that other people normally wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can hear this. I'm sorry. We're out in the country at my house, just so y'all know. I, please tell me. I hope this is picking up the donkey that's outside. Dude, I'll move my mic over so I can hear that. So, uh, I, we... could not, I could not hold <laughs> I could not hold it. Oh, my God. All right, so. That's not going to be as good if they can't hear that donkey. <laughs> All right, so we're at my house. I live, my wife and I built a new farmhouse and we live out in the country on uh, her family's land and we are surrounded by cattle, sheep, goats, the whole nine, but we also have two donkeys. I don't know if y'all just heard it or not, but one of the donkeys just went haywire out there. <laughs> we have the windows open up here. Oh my God, that was the best. All right, uh, so anyway. Well, uh, I think that you have a mindset of you judge things as failures as to where other people wouldn't where like, like yes. for example, like for me, I'm like, I would do something and people were like, man, you did a good job at that. And I'm like, no, that sucked. No, like yeah. that wasn't good. There were some areas that weren't great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think that we can, that can, that can be good and bad. I think the good thing is, is that that forges me into being a better yes. uh, version of myself. But then the other side is, is people can be like, dude, you're so hard on yourself, yeah. but I don't take it that way. Like I don't get myself down. It's just like, I can do that better. Well, I think some people will have that opinion because a lot of what people do is based off of ego. Mm -hmm. So everything's ego driven. The clothes they wear, you know, is this putting me in my best light is the things they say, all that stuff. Yeah. So when you're hard like that, they it's from an ego standpoint, man, don't beat yourself up. You know, they don't, they're thinking that you're going and oh man, I suck. When in reality, you're sitting there going, no. What can I do better? What can I do better to How continue this better? uphill climb? Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah. that's that's a different place. That comes from a different place, and it's not driven by the ego. Yeah, um, it comes from a healthy place. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I, because I didn't feel like I blew every single thing out of the water, I looked at it. It was like, okay, all right, great. All right, I can improve on this. Yeah. That was what I was focused on. Not, oh yeah, I made it. I'm not. I I didn't take any time for that, and Psst. don't plan on it. One thing that uh. I've always done my whole life, and I don't know why I do this. Um, and I, I mean, I guess it's a positive thing, but other people look at me like I'm, they look at me like they're a deer in headlights, like, what? Um, whether it was a sport I played, um, or even now, like when it comes to presenting, I will either, like, let's go, let's go paintball. We'll play a point against another team, and my coach asks me, like, all right, I want you to run this specific play. I'll do it. And I'll do it well. And then as soon as the point's over, I'm like in his face. What can I do better? What did I do wrong? And they're like, uh, uh get out my I, face. Yeah, like I haven't even time to process it yet, but you did you did good. But let me think about it. Like I'm always so eager to just figure out what can I what can I do the best. So right. like when we went to uh I was in London uh with Dr. John Russon doing assisting him uh for one of the events that we were teaching and like as soon as day one was over, we left and we went and ate at like Whole Foods. And like, dude, we were like in line. I was like, John, what can I do better? And he was like, I don't know, man. Like, like we we just we just ended. Like, I don't even like you did good. Yeah, bro, like, I'm trying I, to buy shit. Yeah, like, but like, like I'm just always so eager about like, let me be better. Let me do this. Right. I mean, like, I just want to be the the best I can be because I think it's I think it's actually uh, now that I kind of saying it out loud. 
I love being part of a team and I love serving my team. I love making their life better by improving things that I can improve upon. So when I look back at like sports and stuff like that, like, Oh, like I wanted to be an asset to my team. I wanted us to be the best. And then I'm looking at that now as a PPSC instructor, what can I do right now to make our team and the PPSC even better right this second? Right. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think some people would view it as maybe going too hard on the, the side of, putting other people first but you are but you aren't you know for you to be for you to do better for others you need to be the best version of yourself yeah right um so you're you are working for yourself you are trying to develop yourself to to be in the best that you can for you Mm -hmm. but it's also you're you're cheating somebody if you're not doing that that you work with or you live with or you share anything in common with, if you're not the best version that you can be, you're cheating them. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how much someone disagrees with that. I don't care how much someone wants to to say that's not true or how bad it hurts their little hearts. At the end of the day, if you're not trying to be the best version of yourself, you are cheating everybody else. Yeah. And a perfect way to put that is let's use me and Amber, right? Yep. Or me and Walker. Yeah. Amber doesn't care at all that I was at one time, quote unquote, a professional athlete. She doesn't care that (laughs) I am flying across the world and I'm this instructor who is educating other professionals. That doesn't matter directly to her. What matters to her is that I'm a good husband. Yeah. That's what matters. Like, you know what I mean? So, or for Walker, he's like, he doesn't care about all that. He cares that I'm a good father. What can I, I need to be the best version of myself of whatever that version is at that time, whether it's an instructor, whether it's a coach, whether it's a, a husband, whether it's a father, I need to be my best version of that version of myself at that current time. Well, this, it holds true for for self-destruction and self-improvement, no matter what area that you're focusing on, it's going to have some bleed over. Mm -hmm. So the better of a coach you get, the better of a father and husband you're going to be because you are improving. Mm -hmm. There's going to be things in, in all aspects of life that challenge you and cause certain characteristics of you to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make you stronger in other areas. So the pursuit in every avenue that you're talking about of getting better, Mm -hmm. it's only going to hold up everything else. And in return of that, as you get better and stronger, it's going to make them better. It's going to make me better and vice versa and everyone else better. It It trickles into everything else. It trickles into everything else. And there's nothing more obvious to anybody or shouldn't be. It should not be hard to spot than someone of the opposite likeness, someone that is focused on self-destruction, someone mm-hmm. that's focused on negativity or focused on just keeping the status quo, Yeah, that person should stand out very quickly. And because that's going to trickle, bleed into everyone else and bleed into everything else. Mm-hmm. It's very important that, that you're, you're reaching out and testing yourself and opening different avenues. That's what I was talking about in previous podcasts. Dude, my TV in the basement hasn't seen cable television and i don't know how long but it there might as well be burning on my tv of youtube because it like i said last time it goes from music to learning about the solar system to learning about the human anatomy to learning about psychology to learning about you name it even things that do not directly impact me and i'll hit on this too 
I'll rewatch some things, some speeches, some some podcasts, mm-hmm. or rewatch any video. And some people are like, "Well, I've already seen that." But did you really? Mm-hmm. You saw portions of it because our we don't have the ability. To, if you can recite something verbatim after watching it one time, good on you. Yeah. But the the rest of us typically can't. Right. You watched one portion of it, different sections of it. And from a perspective of that moment in time, come back a day later, a week later, a year later, you're mm-hmm. likely to pick something else up. It's like watching a movie a year later and you're like, oh, I didn't recognize that. Or, yeah. hey. Or I something said that. in that video or motivational speech or something that you learned could be different, different. because of the context of your life, yes. that how it currently is yeah, now. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly doing that. And the key point to all this is, I'm even watching things or listening to things that don't necessarily align with the topic. Like we're talking about failure. Mm-hmm. I can watch something on the solar system and pull something from that. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you're, if you're doing that, if you're finding some improvement, all that stuff, it's, you know, you, you can't help but be successful. Yeah. It's just like you were talking about with the diet thing. If you're not successful and you're giving me this, this story of how something's always holding you down, there's no way you're not being honest with yourself. Right. So, yeah. So if I had to kind of tie all this together uh, and kind of give the listener some actionable things to take away uh, when it comes to minimizing failure in their life um, through my experiences, I would say to never let someone else outwork you. That's like the biggest thing for me is put in the extra time, do the things and put in the time that other people are not willing to do because I, I firmly believe that the early hours of the morning, the wee hours of the night, whether you have 30 minutes of quote unquote, maybe a break to just catch your breath, don't catch your breath. Do yeah. something to make you learn more, to be a better version of yourself, to practice, to study, whatever it is, put in the time and the quality effort yeah. uh, of learning and really perfecting your craft and just, again, not letting anyone outwork you in any shape or form. Yeah, so I was going to say it's a two-pronged thing. The quality has to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, you know, if a guy has running up a hill a couple times and he's sweating, you know, okay. Yeah. But is that is that the work you need to be putting in? Yeah. So the quality is very important. Yeah. Um, yeah, so don't don't let first first things first is don't let that I, I this is I can come I can say this cuz I used to do this. Don't let the fear of failure not let you do the things that you want to do. Right. Like don't be worried about what could happen because more often than not if you put in the work as hard as you should and put in the quality work more than likely you're going to be successful. Just don't be afraid of the failure. Cause it usually a lot of people let that failure dictate them. They're like, Oh, I'm scared to lose or I'm scared for this to happen. So I'm not going to do it. And then you could just leave this whole future or these magnificent results just on the table and you'll never experience it. Yeah. And for example, my first couple of weeks as a new supervisor years ago was I was trying to anticipate everything that was going to happen, anticipate every call, every mishap, every misstep, yeah. any anything bad that could happen. Mm-hmm. As soon as I stopped doing that and just went in daily, I was just like, here I am. You know, I've mentally prepared. I, I've prepared in, in my knowledge and my abilities yep. up to this point and just went with it. Things got so much smoother and easier. So, yeah, absolutely. Just don't try to, to anticipate every little thing. Just go in with the right mindset have quality 
uh, training, quality, hard work. Don't waste movement on things that do not matter. Mm-hmm. And I think the two biggest takeaways for success when it comes to using failure as a as a tool is don't take a moment to breathe. Mm-hmm. Keep pushing, and don't don't sit there and and think that because you're you failed once you're a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. stay on the path, keep pushing and everything's going to everything's going to work out as long as you're doing the right things. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, that will conclude this podcast. Um, again, give us some feedback. Follow us on social media at the Day One Perspective, the Day One Performance Institute. Um, let us know what you thought of these episodes, what you would like to hear about moving forward uh, in future topics. But yeah, we... get, get, give us some different <clears throat> topics. Try yeah, to, try to give us a topic that may make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Don't. It doesn't always have to be, you know, all these fluffy words that make people feel good like yeah. accountability and, yeah, and success you know give right. us give us some topics that maybe you're you're interested in maybe we haven't considered it and maybe it'll help us grow mm-hmm. absolutely but thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode later